Good morning, it's July 23rd. We're reading through the Bible in one year. Our Old Testament reading today is found in the Psalms, Psalm 38, 39, and 40. Those three Psalms are Davidic Psalms. The first one is a Psalm of penitence, of him being repentant and expressing that repentance. First in talking about the struggle in his life, he talks about sighing and groaning and longing and all the things that we feel when we're under the weight of our own sin and the conviction of our own sin. And then of course we look at the consequences that come in David's life as a result of God's discipline. And for him as a commander of an army, leading a nation and being a warrior that he was, we know that the threats for him are more than just uh, lost opportunities or hurt feelings. I mean, he's concerned about losing his life and um, there's lots of people that want to kill him, physically kill him. And while that may seem distant to you, don't forget the way that the Bible puts our spiritual enemies in uh, the New Testament. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of uh, palace we might live in. I'm thinking about the early Romans, maybe some in uh, the Praetorian Guard who become Christians and they seem like they're not, they don't have any threats to their lives. But in reality, we have an enemy that wants to seek and seek to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, one that Peter says is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We ought to see that militant kind of attack that can come upon us and particularly putting ourselves in a vulnerable position uh, when we're fighting uh, against God and the conviction of sin. And so this is a good penitent psalm to make the connections there in our own lives. Uh, psalm 39, another psalm that reminds us of the shortness and brevity of life, how we ought to invest things very carefully, uh, invest our lives very carefully in our thoughts and actions. And he talks about that uh, guarding of his ways and his words and um, the turmoil of life and the brevity of life, all of that, like Ecclesiastes, there's a lot of um, good insight that we can get when we think about this life under the sun, as it's put in Solomon's words, the uh, idea of investing carefully and keeping the Lord's commands and seeking Him in this world. Psalm 40 is a psalm about having waited and hoped in God and having God come through. I love the way he talks about singing a new song to the Lord. I hope that in our own lives we see new reasons to praise God and we have content in our own minds when we think about giving uh, praise or thanksgiving to God for the things that he's done in delivering us. And a lot of, in a lot of ways, these three psalms fit together so well as we look at the kinds of things in David's life that have led to um, repentance and confession and restoration and uh, just a celebration of God's mercy and uh, steadfast love, that Hebrew word hesed, that consistent faithful love that God has toward his people, and David claims that and celebrates that. In our New Testament reading in Acts 23, uh, we see this plot, these 40 guys that were out to kill Paul. They weren't even going to eat until they had gotten his life uh, snuffed out. And uh, when this is uncovered by Paul's nephew, he ends up having a huge entourage come from uh, Jerusalem to Caesarea on the coast. Might even be good to look at a map there. And uh, they leave at nine o'clock and they send this big crowd of people, 200 people, in uh, bringing him to Felix. Uh, and that um, Roman official that was going to be there in uh, Caesarea Maritime, that uh, coastal port on, Med on the Mediterranean Sea. This will be a place where now Paul is imprisoned and he has these very famous uh, hearings before the leaders, King Agrippa included, um, the great-great-grandson of Herod the Great. And um, this is a uh, pivotal move in his geography and certainly will be the context for a lot that we can learn from his um, 
testimony in his defense. Our New Testament, uh, which we'll get into next week, our New Testament community imperative is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And I've quoted this often uh, lately, it seems, this last year. Uh, but the appeal of the Apostle Paul, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. you got those three titles stacked on top of each other and the authority. That's what it means. The name of Christ is a big issue for Paul because it's a big problem in the church of Corinth and can be a problem for us. He says that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, that you're united in the same mind and have the same judgment. And that kind of unity in the body of Christ is important. So I would appeal to you in the authority of Christ to make sure that you're uh, at peace with uh, people in the body of Christ, your church, in your small group. Uh, so far as it depends on you, you need to be at peace with them and seek that peace. Now, if you look at the next verse, verse 11, you'll see why in Corinth it was such a bad deal. They started to align themselves under particular leaders, Paul, Apollos, um, Cephas, Christ, you know, saying, I'm not a part of any group, I'm a part of Christ. But in that kind of, of even pride in that statement, there was a factionalism in the church. So we want to make sure that we're at peace with each other. And, and I just put it that way. We need to agree. We need to seek to agree with each other. Now, we can't agree on things where we are going to disagree with God in, in agreeing with others. But I would make that my community imperative to seek to agree with each other. And certainly the context of all these community imperatives is our community, the community of believers, the body of Christ. And if by some chance you're watching this and you're not in a church, you're not committed to a fellowship, you need to get to one, you need to be in a Bible teaching church. Um, and I know there's no perfect church. And if there were one and you joined it, you'd mess it up. So you need to be the kind of Christian that says within reasonable driving distance of my home, I'm going to find the best Bible teaching church I can find and be a part of it and recognize they're imperfect like I am, but I'm going to seek to join that group and to be a part of that group and to say that uh, that's my church, that's my family spiritually, and I'm going to seek, as it says here in this text, to agree with them, to agree with one another so far as we can without disagreeing uh, with Christ. So there's our community imperative, and I trust that you'll put it into practice today. Mm -hmm.